everybody, uh, this is Todd, and before we begin today's show, I would actually like to apologize to the audience, because when we recorded this show, now it was the third show of a recording session that I did with Dr. Totten, and what happened was I accidentally recorded the show using the microphone in my laptop uh, that's just kind of like built into the laptop versus the setup uh, we, we usually use. We have this whole setup with microphones and mixers and the whole thing to make sure the, the show sounds good. But what happened was I actually switched off that setup and the whole show was accidentally recorded by the mic inside of the laptop. So I listened to it back and we, we did a, I did a whole bunch of weird stuff to the audio and compression and leveling and hiss reduction. And I think I got it to the point to where it's listenable and people can enjoy the show without it being too distracting. But uh, once again, I'm sorry. Uh, the next episodes we have will sound great like the uh, first 20 we did. So if you could please bear with us and, um, uh, yeah, just enjoy this lo-fi version of What's This Tao All About? <laughs> Lu Kai Lu Hidran Lu Listening to What's This Dow All About? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn What's This Dow All About? Welcome back to What's This Dow About? My name is Todd Perry, as you heard in the introduction, and with me is the great Dr. Carl Totten, C. Joe. I am here. We are here presently, and we are in the now. Uh, the great, great thing about actually doing this show is we were speaking on a previous show about the importance of living in the moment and being here now. And there's something about doing these shows that I look down because I have to be somewhat conscious of the time, and oh, there's been a half an hour. It was like seamless. Like you, you started, you turned the microphone on, and then the show was over. And, you know, because you're just so in the moment or in the flow of the conversation and listening and talking and everything. It's a beautiful exchange. On today's show, we're going to do something a little different. Well, not, not, not too different. Uh, but we're going to go over some chapters of the Tao because what happens is... We're we, not going to dance and sing. Yes, we're going to... This, this is a musical episode here. We'll be doing some tap, uh, some interpretive dance, which doesn't work well in a podcast. Uh, Nobody will see us except us. No. <laughs> theater of the mind. Yeah, so we're going to actually start... Because, uh, of course, on the last couple of shows uh, that we recorded, we had more stuff prepped, and we didn't get to it, so we're going to go back and, and see what we... We didn't get to. Uh, so, first of all, we're going to start off with, right, just hit up at the beginning of the show here, uh, chapter 16 of the Tao Te Ching. So, Dr. Carl. It reads as, Empty yourself of everything. Let the mind rest at peace. The ten thousand things rise and fall while the self watches 
their return. They grow and flourish and then return to the source. Returning to the source is stillness, which is the way of nature. The way of nature is unchanging. Knowing constancy is insight. Not knowing constancy leads to disaster. Knowing constancy, the mind is open. With an open mind, you will be open-hearted. Being open-hearted, you will act royally. Being royal, you will attain the divine. Being divine, you will be at one with the Tao. Being at one with the Tao is eternal. And though the body dies, the Tao will never pass away. It's beautiful. I like how they build that up. They say, in this one, they say kind of, Here, here's what you need to do. Here are the benefits of what that leads. <laughs> and then once you kind of attain this almost enlightenment, because you're being at one with the Tao, then the only thing you have to really worry about at that point is eventually your, <laughs> your death. And then the Tao leaving you. Yes. Right? Giving up the ghost, as they say. Empty yourself of everything. Let the mind rest in peace. Now, that's a really tough one, I know, for most of us to do. Oh, yeah. You know, he talked about the chattering monkey mind and, of course, all the things we have to attend to and plan and, and just address. And, we're, of course, we're attached to our electronic devices all day. Oh, long. yeah. You know, it's, it's basically all about words and things, words and things, on and on and on, continuously, 24-7. Yeah. yeah. No peace in that scenario is there. No. So this thing... I, I, <laughs> so let the mind rest in peace. <laughs> and that's kind of like meditation, obviously, is a great offense. Obviously, the, the go-to way of doing that, of letting your mind, just letting, emptying out your mind. And, and then the next line is kind of like be a dispassionate observer yes. of watching the cycles of life go on around you yes. and almost having being in this still you know bubble of yes. you, you've emptied yourself and now nothing's going to change your world as John Lennon would say and everything just around you just watching everything flow across the universe right watching the wheel watching the wheels watching go around the wheel go round and round 10,000 things rise and fall while the self watches their return yes beautiful no longer riding on the merry-go-round. No longer. They, glow, they grow and flourish, and then what? They return to the source, which is stillness, which is the way of nature. I mean, how, how could Lao Tzu be more clear here <laughs> as to the path that he's pointing towards? Yes. Um, this one is it's actually one of the more clearer, you know, prescriptions of, of, of how to be in the Tao. So, and, and he says... The way of nature is unchanging, but yet knowing constancy is insight, and not knowing constancy leads to disaster. And I think that's one of the difficult things that some people have an understanding about the Tao, because they know on one hand everything is changing, right, constantly, can't, remember that the universe is uh, dynamic, it's not really static. But yet, returning to the source is stillness, which is the way of nature. The way of nature is unchanging, but yet it's constantly changing. Yeah. How do we reconcile that? Hmm. Well, the, you, I've actually, I've, I think I brought that up to you before on an earlier show, and if I may actually have learned something, <laughs> I something got through my thick head, Dr. Carl, and it was you, and the idea was that just things are constantly changing in one direction 
And in the other direction, things are the same, meaning that things are the same in that we have cycles. Well, the cycles, everything eventually returns. Things yeah. change, but eventually they return. Like we have yes. like, like the weather patterns mm -hmm. and the seasons. Yes. Things are changing, but they're they're constant at the same time. Yes. So it's that interplay, much like long and short, yes. you know, fat and weightless, right? Mm -hmm. uh, as all these things are, the change, not change, is on the same continuum yes. as black, white, tall, yes. short, um, fast, slow, and so these are just opposite sides of the same coin. It's like our minds. We're always changing our mind, right? Yeah. Some of us. <laughs> yeah. Other people never change their mind, it appears. Yeah. Know? But but whether you're always changing your mind or not, the fact that you are always changing your mind, the always part, see, that's the unchanging part, right. right? That's the constancy. <laughs> see, there's constancy there. And it, life tends to be uh, uh, spherical. Th things come into focus and then they fade out. And then they come into focus again and then they fade away. Now, if we know that, that that is a cycle that's going to continue, each time they come back into focus and even when they're out of focus, how are we going to hold that fact, that reality? What are we going to learn in the meantime that's going to allow perhaps a life challenge or even an illness, you know, when it comes around again, how are we going to be in relation to this happenstance? Mm -hmm. Are we going to try to deny it, push it away, get rid of it, forget about it, avoid it? Work with it, I'd assume. Or, so. or, or what else might we do with that? Um, so, it's like karma, right? Karma is known as the law of cause and effect, right? Things keep coming around, keep coming back around and circling back around. Oh, continue, Dr. Karma. And when they circle back around, I see it as an opportunity for us to have learned something about how to interact with this in a in another fashion that might represent more discernment, more contact with our own heart. We talked about being open-hearted, right? Um, being open-hearted, he says, you will act royally. Being royal, you will attain the divine. Being divine, you will be at one with the Tao. Being at one with the Tao is eternal. Right. Okay? Yeah. So this process, I think, leads to ever-increasing levels of wisdom mm -hmm. that allows us to interact with nature and the Tao in increasingly sophisticated method, right. but without effort. Right. It's effortless. It's an effortless way to learn. And most of our learning that we do here in the West is very effortful. <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> we have to struggle and strain to learn and to remember and to regurgitate what we've learned. And to cram. And to cram. Yeah, believe me, you know, by the time I got a, ba a bachelor's and a master's and a doctoral degree, I know a lot about that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> a great deal about that, oh. believe me. Um, 
But the Taoist way, one simply has to be present and pay attention mm. with an open mind and an open heart. And the heart is said to be the place of unity consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's a place beyond this and that and good and bad and right and wrong and you and me and self and other, mm -hmm. which of course leads to most of the problems that we have here on planet Earth. Right. And so this is kind of Lao Tzu's prescription of being at one with the Tao is eternal. And though the body dies, the Tao will never pass away. It's a way to become one with eternity, yeah. with what is actually eternal. Yeah. And the, it, it kind of speaks to the Tao as the animating force. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, and yeah, I, I always think about that when you think of you know life after death and all the, all these different things and. Uh, my my concept has always been that uh, a, a uh, I don't recall anything before I was born, <laughs> and I believe that after I die, um, it will be much like it was before I was born. And for this brief moment, I'm animated by the Tao. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm this one way that it is manifest in this kind of meat suit, <laughs> and now is conscious. And then, but that animating force is the real kind of power in the universe, and it just animated this weird sector, yes. this section, this little piece of the universe for a moment, and now it's, now it's moving on, yes. as it does, and it will, and shall return, yes. you know. Um, the energy is eternal. Yes, it cannot be created nor destroyed. Yep. yep. Now, now, backing up a little bit, I, you know, there's so much juice in this berry here. Um, when, when you talk about how when you kind of empty yourself of everything and put the mind at peace, the moment, again, your internal chattering has stopped, mm -hmm. and the moment you're not obsessing over your problems, it is the mo and the moment you desire nothing from others is the moment you can see them with true empathy. Yes. You know, the moment you're judging somebody for their position in life or, or whatever, or wanting to have the story of, if someone needs help, uh, there are many ways that I think people trick themselves into saying, well, it's that person's fault that they're that way. Mm -hmm. And that eliminates all responsibility for myself. If I'm constantly blaming victims, yeah. which there are complete ideologies based around blaming victims okay. that people in this country really grasp onto and love. Because the moment I'm blaming a victim is the moment I'm not responsible for them. Right. Or I don't feel guilty or responsible or empathy. Right. Because it's his fault he's yeah. poor. It's his, <laughs> right, it's never, you know. What's it, the psychological thing where we, we, we tend to believe that everybody else, uh, like, we, we tend to see other people's successes as somebody helped them out. And our own we see as, I did it, I did it all by myself. I did it all my <laughs> And there, there's certain people that when they see people who are poor or disenfranchised or sick or anything like that, they blame the victim right. many lazy. times. They're lazy. Yes. Right. Right. Or, right. or they're, they're drinking. They're taking drugs. And, and, and of course, overlooking the fact that in society, you know, they've created an un uneven, uneven playing field, you know, that, that led to all of this disparity. Yes. And it led to people being so helpless and hopeless that they had to drink and take drugs. Right. But, that's, <laughs> but it's all their fault. Right. And that speaks much more about the person judging than it does the person in that circumstance. I mean, not to say that people aren't responsible for their own behavior on some level, but, you know, the 
80% of people you see that are homeless in this world are people dealing with schizophrenia, mental illness. Yeah. It's not people, you know, people go, oh, he chose to be that way. <laughs> schizophrenia is not a choice. When, when you are running from the demons in your mind, the whole holding down a residence thing is not front of top of mind. But no. that person's own belief system allows them to not feel any empathy and almost have a certain amount of rage or anger mm -hmm. towards the less fortunate, mm -hmm. which is really diabolical. All right, it, it, that's, that's moving away from being open-hearted, mm -hmm. which is moving away from the Tao. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there was an old saying, uh, in fact, uh, I think from the Bible, right? Uh, Judge not lest ye be judged, right? Right. <laughs> See, so the same notion is, is even present in, in that spiritual tradition. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, right? Mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. that, you know. But uh, those things are conveniently kind of set aside <laughs> oh, yeah. by a lot of modern followers, you know, who are only too want to judge very quickly and very harshly. Yes. And uh, so I think, you know, one of my Taoist teachers said that, you know, first of all, he said, a Taoist is open to surprise. Taoist is open to being surprised all the time. And because we're open to being surprised, we're curious. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, here I am in my meat suit, right, my own little brain here. But, you know, there's a whole world out there, too. And so I'm curious, right? I want to know what, what, what is this thing out here that's not me, you know, but I'm a part of, I'm living within. Yeah. And by getting to know things and people and traditions and cultures and languages and other things that are outside of my own experience, I come to have a, a deeper appreciation and understanding. And when I have a deeper understanding and appreciation, I can relate to everything and everyone with respect and compassion. And have empathy. And have empathy. But then also, because you have all those things, then you also have the ability to better discern maybe when people are not deserving so much of your empathy, right? And in need of a little tough love or whatever. But it's that curiosity first that has to bring you through towards all that understanding before then you can maybe... Yeah, I, I remember reading recently something that said, you know, those who are the hardest to love are those who need it the most. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very true. What's the old saying? Hurt people hurt people. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I, I found one of the most, uh, I don't know where the teaching comes from. Maybe it's kind of basic psychology. But when I learned one day that I, can, I cannot change anybody, I can only change how I react to them. Yes. And that's been one of the most valuable lessons I've learned in life. And there, there have been people that have, you know, been a real pain in the butt to deal with or whatever. <laughs> I think, well, you know, I can't, I can't change them. They, only they can change themselves or circumstance can change them possibly. But uh, the moment I just change how I react, yes. uh, they treat you a lot differently. And unpacking that even a step further... I have found most of the times that the things that are most irritating about others are, of course, the exact same parts of myself that I have trouble dealing with. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> I remember our uh, 
Taoist uh, elder Lu Tungpen, you know, his practice of turning the light around, right. <laughs> right. so that everybody in every situation in the universe is a, becomes a mirror. And if we're feeling uncomfortable, it's probably reflecting something that we have not integrated and accepted at a deep level about ourselves. Right. And so, talk about karma teaching a lesson. Now that's a lesson right there. Yes. Now pay attention to you. this person who's irritating you is your teacher. <laughs> right. They are teaching you how to look at yourself in a different, more compassionate way. And when you open up space in your, again, that open-heartedness, you open space in your heart for yourself, then you finally have space to feel compassion and empathy for others. Yes, yes. That's crucial. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a crucial skill. Yeah. That I think is reflected in uh, chapters in the Tao Te Ching. Oh, yes. What's This Tao All About is recorded at the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Check out the TaoistInstitute.com. See their schedule of classes, including Taoist meditation, Kung Fu, and Qigong. That's TaoistInstitute.com. Is it chapter 14? Yeah, you, you, I bet you're right. I think so. Let's see, what do we got here? Ah! Oh, and by the way, if you're listening to the show, you might have noticed the first nine minutes we had the air conditioner running in the background. At a certain point, I thought, it's way too comfortable in here right now. <laughs> I was like, oh no, the AC's on. <laughs> we had that problem during the first couple shows we recorded. Uh, let's see here. So, okay, this was... I was going to say something like it hot, but... Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the San Fernando Valley can get very hot. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. But yeah, let me read chapter 14. All right. Look, it cannot be seen. It is beyond form. Listen, it cannot be heard. It is beyond sound. Grasp, it cannot be held. It is intangible. These three are indefinable. Therefore, they are joined in one. From above, it is not bright. From below, it is not dark, an unbroken thread beyond description. It returns to nothingness, the form of the formless, the image of the imageless. It is called indefinable and beyond imagination. Stand before it, and there is no beginning. Follow it, and there is no end. Stay with the ancient Tao. Move with the present, knowing the ancient beginning is the essence of Tao. Wow. So this one, it's very much just pointing to trying to describe maybe not so much what's this Tao all about, but what this Tao is. Right? Yes. yes. And it... And what it isn't. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what somebody once said, Zen is everything it isn't. And the more I thought about that... That was like a 30-minute thought I think I had one time. I was like, everything it isn't. Does that mean it's everything? It's not what it is? Uh, you know, that, that, that's, a good, that's a good one to, to, to go on. Um, I, I see, I, I kind of see this as, um, you know, we, we kind of live in, an, some have said, an infinite universe. Meaning mm -hmm. that everything 
you can't reduce anything to its real smallest form. It just keeps going. Like, if you split something in half, eventually you go down to, like, splitting an atom, right? Like, you, mm -hmm. just, you just keep splitting and splitting and splitting and splitting. And not, because everything, the universe is expanding, when you really think about it, nothing is really big and nothing is really small yes. because what, every, what, what everything is judged on, this universal ruler, is completely changing at every moment, right? And we, you know, and the Tao is kind of described as the same way. You know, there's a, um, a short film out that's been around for a while. It's called Powers of Ten. You ever see that? Film? No, I've never oh, seen that. It's probably available even on uh, YouTube these days. Everything else is. I, yeah, I'm sure it is. Powers of Ten. Go look at that. Yeah, it is brilliant at okay. looking at this concept. It starts with a camera's eye view at a park in Chicago. I'm sorry. I'm making a note of this <laughs> in my phone, so I'll go like throw it on Netflix tonight or something. And it, it starts at a family. They're they're at a, they're having a picnic out in the park. And the camera starts on the back of a man's hand. And then, by powers of ten, it backs up. Ten times away. And then ten times further. And after a while, you know, you see the skyline of Chicago. And then you see the skyline of Earth. And then, you know, now it's ten times further. And by powers of ten, every ten seconds, it's backing away further and further and further. Until finally it expands out into the infinity of the universe, as far as our present knowledge actually has led us to understand. Yeah. And then it collapses and returns at, at faster speed, going back in, going back into, you know, from far away galaxies, back into our own Milky Way, and then back into our own solar system, and then back into planet Earth, and then back to Chicago, and then back to that man's hand. Right. And then, by powers of ten, it goes inside his hand down to the subatomic level. That goes right back in the opposite. Yes, yeah. it is brilliant. I love it. You got to see powers of ten. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, I can't think of a better ten minutes to spend in terms of getting people to change their perspective and perception about what is reality. Yeah, because what again? What did he say? Look, it cannot be seen, it's beyond form. Listen, it cannot be heard, it's beyond sound. Grasp, it cannot be held, it's intangible. These are indefinable, therefore they are joined in one. See, so it's only when we let go of trying to have these sense-based definitions of reality that we actually are able to encompass all that manifests in terms of an eternal, infinite universe. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're just fooling ourselves. Yeah. We're, we're, there's, some, there's a theory in uh, social psychology and sociology called attribution. To what do you attribute what is happening? And uh, there's a whole science of how people do that. Okay. And some people attribute things to just uh, what they know or just what they've been taught, what they've seen, or in this case, what you can feel, hear, smell taste or touch. Mm -hmm. is, is that all there is? Right. And, and, and of all the things that we feel, smell, taste, touch, is that all that there is about those things that we see, feel, smell, taste, and touch? No, no. That, that is just the most base, lowest common denominator right. way of apperceiving reality. And yet, 
all of our judgments, you know, are connected and attached to that. And we judge and 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 and, and put things into these narrow little boxes based on our limited five senses. And Lao Tzu, 2,500 years ago, recognized yeah. that that was uh, a way that would lead to limitation. Mm -hmm. And the sage doesn't do that. Right. <laughs> doesn't do that. Wow. Okay. You know, that's, yeah. No, you, you are correct. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> the form of the formless. Yes. The image of the imageless. It is called indefinable and beyond imagination. Beyond imagination. Follow it and there is no end. Yes. You could just keep going and going and going and going. Yes. So, I, I think this is something that, that this kind of being in an unbounded way, manner of perceiving, you know, where we're moving beyond the constraints of form and into the form, which we have very, very little experience in how to do that. Yeah. Here in the West, particularly. Yeah. I think other you know, more indigenous uh, native people, they have a, a richer history and tradition of being unbounded and being in touch, of course, with nature and nature spirits even, and uh, lear learning how to use nature to expand their perception. You know, they have fire ceremonies and they, 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 they will construct a whole world out of the sand or out of the earth and then use that to work through their challenges, their problems, their limitations. Yeah. They, they literally interact with nature as a way to do that. Right. You know, they'll, they'll take a, a piece of wood and, and, and they'll hold it in their hand and they'll think about all of the, the conflicts and the troubles that they're having in their life at the moment. And then they'll literally blow that right into the stalk of wood and then ceremoniously put that into the fire. And they'll, then they'll sit there and watch the fire. Because as the fire burns, all, everything they need to let go of is being consumed and turned into ash. Right. <laughs> and yet everything they need to release and elevate is going up towards the heavens as smoke. Right? <laughs> and so this is a way that shamans have used throughout cultures around the world in, in order to work on this internal alchemic process of breaking down and releasing. Yeah. Expansion and contraction in the same moment and holding it all in the same consciousness. Wow. It's beautiful. Yeah. It was like when I was in uh, India and I went to the Ganges River. Yes. And, I, you know, I saw where they were, I think I mentioned on the show before, but I saw where they were burning bodies. Yes. On the, the, the River Ganges, which was you know, the head, probably heaviest experience of my life. I mean... Just seeing, I mean, there was the spiritual implications of being on the River Ganges and all of the, that that represents. And then also just seeing a human body on fire, it wakes you up. <laughs> you know, it's, it's quite a visual, to say the least. And it was a very just intense moment. But they were saying that the, the, it was the five elements are present right there at the Ganges and why it was so holy. And so you had the, you know, you had the, the, it was the ethereal, and it was water, and it was fire, and I think it was maybe wood or like ground, and it, it was all, it was all perfect right in there. All five mm -hmm. elements came together. That's why it was such kind yes. of a, a beautiful space right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of similar to the same kind of going up 
and then consuming and, and moving upwards like the Native American people were doing? You know, this chapter uh, 14 by scholars, uh, some scholars have said that it kind of captures the spirit of the entire, of all the 81 chapters, perhaps more poignantly than any other. Yeah, they, they say that this one unpacks the Tao. Yeah. You know, this, this is the one that has the juice. <laughs> right. And, it, and it's tough. It's because it's tough to get around because it's it feels like contradictions, but it's only contradictions if you're looking at one side of the coin. Right. You know. Knowing the ancient beginning is the essence of Tao. And the motion of Tao is always to do what? Return. Return. Return to what? The source. Yes. The source. The void. And out of no thing, nothing emerged what? <laughs> Every 10,000 things. <laughs> Everything, right? And so I, I think having respect for what we know and what we don't know, or what we can see, if we're paying attention, we, we can see these constant changes. Um, you can, again, I often talk about a field, right? You take a field and you take this tiny little seed and plant it and put it in the field, right? And then the field does its magic. Right. It nurtures this little seed, right? It gives it a home. It feeds it. It waters it. It gives it nutrition and sustenance from the earth and the air. And then what happens to this tiny little seed? It begins to grow. Becomes a tree. According to its own nature, right? right? And that tree may bear all kinds of nuts and fruits and leaves and patterns that then do what? It continues this cycle forever. Right. Forever. Everything just evolves. It's kind of like a Petri dish. Yes. You know, you put like a little kid's hand on a Petri dish and then, you know, three months, you know. Three days later, you have like this amazing garden of bacteria and spores and fungus and, you know. And so that's why I think a good practice for a um, kind of a uh, want-to-be Taoist <laughs> is to simply uh, walk out in nature. Just take a walk out in some place where there's, you know, you know more than just, uh, you know, buildings and uh, Cars and trucks and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, go, you know, go to a park or, and yet, go out to a forest or the desert or out by the ocean or an island or, you know, the woods, you know, someplace in nature and just walk around without thought and just notice what's there. Paying attention to this beautiful symphony of interconnected life which is only there to live and manifest endlessly in endless possibilities and endless combinations. I, I cannot think of a single thing that helps us to find our own humanity and our own capacity for living to the fullest than that. Right. That is a prescription for learning how to live in the infinite, letting Mother Nature, letting the Tao be our teacher and going with the flow of the Tao to understand <laughs> in a deep, powerful level, what is this doubt really all about? Uh-huh. Thank you very much, Dr. Carl Totten. Thank you. And we're going to end up here. I had at one brief moment that flashed in my mind, um, real quick before we end this. It was, it's, 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 you know, one thing is studying the Tao, the other thing is 
moments you have while reading the book or whatever. It was the other night, it was a Sunday night, and I, w I had this one translation, I think I brought it up in an earlier show, that's a really hard translation. It's really heavy, it's big words. Scholarly. It's very scholarly. Yes. And I had happened to have this one out on my coffee table, and I was I was having a beer, and I was I was like, oh you know I'm just gonna sit and read right now. I'm gonna turn off the television, but I didn't want to be you know there's a light from the television. What I was you know what I'll do? I'm gonna put on some music and then just read. And because the way you, when you read the music, it colors what you're reading differently. Mm -hmm. When you know smells in the air, and you're gonna feel that it's gonna be all over your perceptions, especially when you're reading something is in depth. And so, for some stupid reason, I put on this cheesy, easy listening, like the kind of thing you'd hear in an elevator, <laughs> or like that really old people listen to. And then cheesy music, and this academic stuff, and then the power of the Tao, and the cheesy music, and the, a light beer, and I just, at the moment, it was in the middle of one of these chapters, and I just set the book down, and I just started laughing. <laughs> I don't know what it was, it was just, it was a weird confluence of things together or this weird alchemy yes. you call it, it as a weird yes. alchemy I had that I said oh I gotta I gotta try this again I gotta have this exact moment again but then I thought it'll never happen again <laughs> you can never recreate no. anything no. it was its own weird stupid beautiful moment for some reason but you know but as long as we remain in that state of I'm willing to be surprised by anything right then the moment will create itself yes you don't have to try to create Yes. Moments create themselves. The universe is dynamic. It's constantly manifesting, constantly shifting, constantly changing, constantly displaying itself in all of its glory, in all of its awesome beauty. Yeah. Moment by moment, second by second. Our job is very simple. To appreciate. Yeah, to be present and appreciate. You just got to keep your soul in the room. <laughs> right. And take it as it comes. Yes.